Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicky and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic this week, it's my chums from our other podcast, Do Go On, Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello. Hi chum. Hello chum. Hi chum. Chum chum. Hey Great. chump. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Oh no, I'm the chump of my own pod. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I've invited the Sass Twins onto my own show. Yeah, if you you the brought book. us here, you asked for this. Book chump. <laughs> Let's get him. Oh no. I mean, we've been trying to get book chook off the ground, but I think book chump probably is going to be. Um, uh, book chook is good. I love book chook. Like that? I'm yeah. the book chook. Book chook. I love that because now I'm imagining you as a hen. <laughs> Wearing glasses. Oh, thank you so much. And reading a book. Turn the pages with your wings. Yes. That's what that's what birds have. They do. Yeah. yeah. I, remember, I remember a beak turner. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've ruined a few books. <laughs> <laughs> Not going back to that library. <laughs> I have got so many fines oh at that God. library. Well, thank you so much for for joining me. You've both uh, been on the show together before, but it's been a while, so mm. just want to check in. Have you guys been reading anything lately? Before we jump into the book, I've been reading. Oh, you know, uh, I've said this every time I've been on, but I don't, I don't read in the traditional sense, um, <laughs> like the olden days, so like, like you do, Dave. I, I read with my ears because I'm a modern man and I'm an audio booker. I'm an audio book chook. <laughs> oh, okay. ah. Wasn't sure what you're doing with the ears on the page. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you turn with your beak. I use my ears. <laughs> uh, but I've been uh, I've been listening to just the start of it actually this week. Bill Bryson's A Short History of Nearly Everything. Ah, oh. oh. uh, my dad has a copy of that book. Um, I don't think it's a short book. Yeah, well, it's. I'm just looking at my phone now. It says seventeen hours and fifty nine minutes left. Okay. Okay. And you're how many hours in? I fell asleep listening to it the other night. Uh, did it play Almost all night? instantly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does Bill Bryson read them? Yeah. Uh, no, he doesn't. Ah. I like. I find his voice very soothing. Yeah. But he doesn't. Well, because we we went on a. Uh, where were we? We were in Bath. Bath. And Bill Bryson was one of the audio guides that you could. Do you remember we went to, to the Roman Baths in Bath? Yes, but I don't remember that Bill Bryson hmm. was. There was like three options. You could have like the proper historian type. Bill sort of Bryson. Uh, and or, then the, some or, local chump. Two other options. Yeah. <laughs> some other guy doing a rap. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Harold, and I'm here to say, uh, uh, uh. "Welcome to Bath." Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I mean, he was good. <laughs> it's, it's no wonder you didn't bother listening to Bill. <laughs> I was like Harold all the way. <laughs> he finished every sentence with "Hey, hey, hey, hey." hey, hey. <laughs> He's not a good rhyme. I mean, it makes anything rhyme. <laughs> 
<laughs> Good on Harold. Oh, well, that's great to hear you listening to a bit of uh, Bill there, Matt. How about you, Jess? You've been reading or listening? Um, I had a couple of books on the go, which uh, I'm not normally like that, but um, I, my, some friends decided that we would have an isolation book club. And so we all started reading. I downloaded this book on like the Kindle app and I was reading it. And then we never talked about the book. And so I got about eight pages in, went to sleep one night, never picked it up again. But I will go back and read it. At the moment, I'm reading, <laughs> or I just started reading um, a book that came out a couple of months ago, Humankind, A Hopeful History. And it's this um, this Dutch historian is sort of, he, he talks about the book being about a radical idea. And that radical idea is that people are deep down mostly good. You know, oh. he's like, it's crazy. That's and he a just cool gives, idea. yeah, he gives examples of like huge if true. <laughs> yeah, when when people have assumed like the worst in people, like for example, like Hurricane Katrina, you know, or things that have happened, really terrible catastrophes, and how people have behaved in really nice ways. It's kind of it's a nice uplifting go, book at the moment. I'm going out on a limb. Hurricane Katrina, bad bad person. Yeah, caused a lot of destruction. Yeah, honestly. No, I think I believe that too. I believe yeah. that. Everyone is good deep down. And that humans have a negativity bias, so we tend to kind of assume the worst or... But, um, you know, when in chaos, people tend to actually band together. It's quite nice. And for this time where it feels like the world is ending, it's um, nice to read some positive stories. Yeah, great. It's nice. The thing that I do actually, when I do read, Mm. thinking of positive stuff, it's if the saints... One on the weekend, I'll read every article about it <laughs> for that whole week. I'll just I'll Google Saints AFL every day and read whatever there is. If we lose, yeah, I do not read yeah, anything okay. at all. Yeah, interesting. and we played last night when this comes out. So depending on the result in Adelaide, I'll either be bloody beak deep in a <laughs> match recap, or I'll um I'll be you know. Because we're playing a team who hasn't won a game yet this year. Oh, well, we wow. did play last night. So if we lose that, I'll probably, you know, you, you'll struggle to find me for a little while. Right. <laughs> it's back to Bill Bryson. I'll be walking back into a into a lake or something <laughs> for a swim. Yeah. I like to have a swim. You swim it off. Yeah, I'll swim it <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> well, great to hear you guys been uh, reading a little bit. Uh, I've uh, been reading. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you all about the book I've been reading That's this week. Not like which you, Dave. Is, I know. I guess we should have asked him that, shouldn't we? Yeah, we're a bit rude, us. aren't we? To be honest, I only asked so you'd ask. <laughs> it makes it a better hey, segue. Hey, Dave, what have you been reading? Actually, haven't been. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading, a, as we're about to hear, a frequently requested book that I do on this on this podcast. Uh, you'll see a link in the description to this episode that you can click and you can um, suggest a book and then I'll thank you. And it's going to take a while to thank all these people. <laughs> uh, but they've been suggesting that I do Douglas Adams' The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. A classic. Yes, a cla- it's probably the, it's the most modern book that I've done in terms of when it's been published, I Yeah, believe. right. Was it the 80s? Yeah, very early 80s. Yeah, right. Um, this is a... Because obviously, and I mean, spoilers, but it's quite a funny book. Or it's, you know, Douglas Adams a bit quirky. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny book, but my retelling is no good. Yeah, it's very dry. <laughs> Dave will take out all the comedy. So, like, being a teenager who had a sense of humour, my parents were like, you'll like this book. And I just don't think I was quite ready for it yet. You know? Like, yeah. I started it and I was like, eh. 
So I haven't fully read it, but I think I'm going to appreciate this. For sure. And it's, you're, for people of your, your and our parents' generation, it was very big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they were like, read this. But I was like, I don't fully get it. Um, so I'm hoping now, as a mature adult, I'll be able to get it. Totally. How about you, Matt? You got much uh, acquaintance with this book? No, I I never tried to read it. I don't don't remember my parents bringing it up. Didn't realize it was a big book for our parents. Or wait, are you thinking my parents are a different generation? Maybe. Well, yeah, you're about our parents' age. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Sorry, so I forget which podcast you're really old on. I think you're normal age on this one. Am I? Yeah, I'm not I don't sure. Know. No, I just feel, it feel like it was, it was very much in the in the zeitgeist for people that were adults. Right. Yeah, which I assume your parents were. Yeah, but uh, they were living in country Victoria in the 80s. Maybe it didn't make it out there. Yeah, I don't know. Not. No offence to country Victoria, that's where I'm from. Yeah. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> but, I'm allowed uh, to say we're all backwards. My, my dad uh, proudly talks about how he brought VB to Charlton. They didn't have it there before him. So how did he bring it in? He ordered a slab. <laughs> Change the game. Change the world. It's all VB out there now. Um <laughs> It was all Melbourne bitter before then. Bit, Thank you, Mr. Big Stewart. Change. Yeah, so, you know, his, his little legacy has been <laughs> insured. I mean, your Wikipedia page has got to say something, doesn't <laughs> it? Uh, wait, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, so the... <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, the only... And I've, it's been on TV, the film adaptation a few times, and I've caught glimpses of it. The guy with a head coming out his neck or something. And I reckon I've got a head coming out my neck. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. <laughs> did you, was it me in that online commercial I did? Is that what you saw? Was it a second head coming yeah, out of his okay. neck? Okay. Second head coming out of a second neck? <laughs> Do you think of your you think of your head as coming out of your neck, not yeah. sitting atop it? Yeah, no. It sprouted. <laughs> I was born butter neck and I've sprouted a head. What about the body? Yeah, those are roots. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So is your has your head reached you know, maturity? Absolutely not. You're looking at a, uh, a very young head. On <laughs> a very old body. Yeah, my God. Yet, <laughs> These yet roots, cut fruit. them off. So, will you, your head bear fruit? Yep. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. So, stay tuned for that. All right, so the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I've got to thank a few people for suggesting it. And uh, they come from all over the world. Uh, these are your names. <laughs> these are your names. Sands <laughs> of the Hourglass. These are your names. Is that names. a good podcast na- idea? These, These are, your are your names. names. <laughs> just reading just names. Read. Everyone who's listening, you read out their name. <laughs> oh, we've lost one. Okay. <laughs> Struck that from the record. Uh, Tate Evans, Josh, Bailey, Dagnall, Sketch McKenzie. Oh, <laughs> fuck off. Sketch <laughs> McKenzie. After a couple of these, I literally read them out to my girlfriend last night and said, are people playing a prank on <laughs> us? Uh, Alison, Edna, Getchnell, Chris... You know who you are from Pennsylvania. <laughs> I love you, Chris. Tyler Spywack. Oh my god. Daniel, mate, that was the one where I was like, "Are these people having, <laughs> having a laugh?" That's a great name, Spywack. Spywack, Spywack. Uh, Daniel, my Franks. Hunter Hanson, Sean Green. Daniel, my Franks. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter Hanson, that's good. Hey, Uh Sean Green, Luke uh, Screenig or Screenig, so from Austria. So sorry if I said that wrong. Uh, Tony Daly, Baylor, Robert Baynard oh or Barnard. Oh my god. Anik. From Edmonton, Canada. Sahara B. Hunter Vibbit. What? Two hunters. Ben Martin and Dave Bedard. Oh my and, uh, god. So Hugh Craig the Third. And Hugh Craig the Third. 
Biggest shout out of all. But probably the biggest shout out has to go to our Patreon supporter, Kevin Packrad, who recently posted in our Patreon Facebook group and got a lot of love uh, when he requested that I do this book for episode 42 of the show, which it is today. <laughs> which if you don't get the reference, you've come to the right place because I'll tell you what that means. <laughs> uh, but thanks to Kevin Packrad, he really rallied the troops. I was not going to do this book, so he really swayed it. Right. Oh, great. Oh. Well, that's uh, inviting gonna do more it. pressure from the internet. Uh, Ev- I was. No. Everyone <laughs> listening, you can tell now. You know, the way you get your book on is to form a mob online. And after linking it to a number. And link it to a number. Yeah, obviously. it's got to be relevant. So, Anthony Kudafidis' biography for next week. Uh, he famously wore 43 for the blues. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's great that you could find something for 43. Yeah, so quickly. That's pretty good. <laughs> All right, let me give you a bit of a backstory. Our English writer Douglas Adams first came up with the initial idea for The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy back in 1971 whilst drunk in Austria mm. as a 19-year-old backpacker. Oh, oh so it's maybe there. not a coincidence that you had some Austrian suggestors? I think that probably is a... Okay, <laughs> it's not like their their <laughs> national text now. Or anything. <laughs> I claim him. He's actually on their flag. It was written by a drunk tourist here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what Douglas Adams looks like, but I picture a bearded man. Uh, he died quite young. He died in two thousand and one. He was only about fifty years old. Oh. Right after having, I believe, a heart attack. Um, what I've seen, he was just sort of a bald. Middle-aged looking man. Okay. So quite the opposite. I'm thinking hairy, but Me you're too. saying... Me too. But he might... But I'm hairy. always thinking long hair and beard. I'm thinking yeah. Einstein for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Until you prove wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna I do think everyone's Einstein. I everyone. Think I, I think I might be thinking of the English comic writer who wrote The Watchmen and stuff. What's that guy's name? Doesn't matter. Uh, I'm looking him up young. He doesn't seem to have a beard anywhere. Oh, no. Oh, dear. But I, I'm honestly, that was more for me than for you because people would be very, very pissed off if I got that right. i got to stop bringing those things up that can get people pissed at you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring them up more. <laughs> uh, so he thought of it at 19, but the idea didn't come back until about seven years later in 1978 when creating a radio show for the BBC. Adams wanted to combine science fiction and comedy. Love that. Love that combo. And uh, eventually made a six-episode radio series of the show for BBC Four that aired at 10.30pm. Friday nights. Prime time. Uh, Despite this and um, having zero marketing budget, it was a success and gained a cult audience. And off the back of it, Adams was offered a book deal. So he wrote a novelized version, which was a huge hit. And uh, it sold over 250,000 copies in the first three months. Wow. And uh, turned him into basically an instant millionaire. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Wow. So that was a real... Uh, quick turnaround Took off And it's now sold An estimated over 15 million copies Whoa. Uh, Since then It's been described As an international Multimedia phenomenon With <laughs> Nearly got that right With stage <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenon <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenon Nailed it uh, With stage shows TV show adaptations The 2005 film Four more books Which with the original Are often referred to As the complete trilogy Of five <laughs> That's that fun. fun That is fun so that and the, is that all he ever wrote? Was that trilogy of five? Uh, no, he wrote other stuff. He also wrote uh, what's that? Uh, Holistic Detective Agency, which is now a oh. Daniel Radcliffe TV show. Oh. Yeah, Dirk Gently. Oh, he wrote a series of that as well. Ah, oh, so maybe is that worth a look? Have you seen any of it? No, I haven't seen any of it. Is no. it Daniel Radcliffe? Is Steve Buscemi the other actor in that? It's oh, it's funny. I've seen that come up so much, and it, 
I just didn't know anything about it, so it sounds stupid because you know a thing where you've you haven't you don't know anything about it. Dirk gently. <laughs> oh. uh. <laughs> that sounds fun. All right, I'm gonna watch it. Okay, great. You can I head off? <laughs> now, <laughs> oh man! Oh no, I think I've got it wrong. It's not Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Let me just. Can Daniel Radcliffe I? Well, I hope and Steve Buscemi. Fired for that blunder. Daniel what? Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi are in a different show together, which I've watched, and I cannot think of the name. Con Air. <laughs> oh no! I was going off. It's Elijah Wood. Ah, oh. no, they get mixed up all the time. Do they really? Yes, yeah, absolutely. they're two. They're two boys. Oh, from, they um, look very similar. Fantasy shows, big fantasy shows in the nineties. One was in. The Fantastic Four and the other one was in um, Swamp Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Two big that? hits of the 90s. <laughs> I'm a... Hogwarts and the other one was in uh, King of the Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so nervous about this episode. Basically because this is like the first time I've done a book where people really care a yeah. lot about it and are right. fans of it. Like, right. for example, I don't really get Charles Dickens fans. Matt calls them dickheads. Dickheads. Right. <laughs> I'm a big dickhead <laughs> since that episode. But I get him writing in being like, well, actually you got this reference wrong. But with this, this is a very famous pop culture thing yep. that people still love. And so that's why I worry that people have requested it because they really like it. Yep. Usually people request books because they can't be bothered reading it. If I can also speak from experience, anytime um, you do a report on something that you really love and that is really important to you and other people tear it down um it is i don't know how you say soul crushing um so if you've suggested this book because you absolutely love it keep in mind that we're not taking the piss of it if we're you know what i mean like we're not laughing at it where we just maybe don't understand it quite as much as you do it's not personal it's not personal yeah great great i'm glad we put this on the record yeah the other thing to say is this is the first comedy book i've done yeah right you know (laughs) i found that doing uh, podcast about something that's already funny. It's <laughs> probably funnier than will ever be. Yeah, so it makes it hard. It's like, like, ex- and then there was this funny bit that went like this. Yeah, <laughs> explaining funny is is a bit weird. Yeah, so we're going to give it a crack. Yeah, let's go. We'll do it. Uh, i got to say, even the radio shows, the TV shows and books over the years have contradicted each other quite a bit. So he would write an idea, adapt it for another medium, be like, oh, I'll rewrite that bit. So, what I'm basing today's show on is the 1979 novel, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I've never seen any of the TV shows, the movies, or the radio show. Well, this is book cheat. It's not TV series That's right. That was great. Thank you. You got my back. If you're wondering why it's slightly different to the version you may have read or heard, maybe that's why. All right. The opening line of the novel's prologue is, quote, far out in the uncharted backwaters of the unfashionable end of the western spiral arm of the galaxy lies a small unregarded yellow sun. Orbiting this at a distance of roughly 92 million miles is an utterly insignificant little blue-green planet whose ape-descended life forms are so amazingly primitive that they still think digital watches are a pretty neat idea. <laughs> All right, um, I'm in. I'm digital in. watches are sick. <laughs> Mine counts my steps. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what we're up to. 600. Oh, That's bad. You keep at it. <laughs> Keep going, kid. How'd, how'd you get it? You fly? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, how did I? You I think crawl I live out here. of bed. <laughs> uh, but thus begins the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's great. That's a great start. But I can see why uh, a young teenager Jess might have been like, boring. <laughs> <laughs> Too many words. Yeah, you got to read through uh, a couple of sentences there before you get to the joke at the end. Yeah, yeah. quite a bit of setup there. Uh, but that's the prelude. But chapter one opens at Arthur. Dent's house mm. on the edge of a village in the west country of England. 
He is a 30-year-old Englishman who works in local radio. Relatable, Jess. Yeah, I'm 29 and a bit, and I work in radio. National, though. <laughs> local, very that's cute. That's local to Australia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. And the world, if you got the internet. The office. Or the Triple J app. <laughs> the office is local to your house. Yeah, it's pretty close. Uh, he hasn't realised, this is Arthur Dent, that the local council want to knock down his house to build a bypass. And the opening scene of the book, which completely played out like a movie in my head and sucked me in totally, is him doing his normal morning routine around the house. And whilst doing so, he keeps seeing a glimpse of a bulldozer out the window. (laughs) He's cleaning his teeth. Sees a bulldozer in the mirror. (laughs) Has a shave. There's a bulldozer. Makes a coffee. Oh, bulldozer. (laughs) The only thing the bulldozer inspires in his mind, though, is the word yellow. It's almost like he's half asleep going, huh, bulldozer. Yellow. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so he keeps getting ready. Then he has a flashback about the night before. He was at the pub drunkenly yelling about something. And then he remembers, oh, he was yelling about some sort of bypass being built. (laughs) The word yellow enters his mind in a search of something to connect with this. And then, quote, 15 seconds later, he was out of the house, lying in front of a big yellow bulldozer that was advancing up the garden path. <laughs> really is a fantastic opening That's scene. so good. I love that, yeah, he has obviously known about it, but he's com- he's gotten so drunk he's forgotten. <laughs> forgotten about it and he's like, oh, yeah, bulldozer. Which never happens when you do go to drink away your problems. <laughs> you don't wake up and they're gone. You wake up and they're, they're still there and you feel very unwell. <laughs> yeah. So that's our main character, Arthur Dent. He was now lying in a puddle in front of a bulldozer, <laughs> yelling at a councilman about the fact he wasn't giving sufficient notice about this expressway. And whilst they're arguing, uh, the guy's basically like, yeah, we put it up. We put it up. And then they go through it. He's like, yeah, you put it up uh, inside a dark room. Yeah. In a locked cabinet right at the bottom <laughs> at a place with no stairs. It's a bit of fun. And whilst they're arguing about the point, Arthur's friend Ford arrives on the scene. Ford. Another- Is it a car? Well, he is another one of our main characters. Full name, Ford Prefect. Oh. Which is uh, the name of a famous British car. His name is Ford Prefect. But apparently a lot of people in the US did not get this little joke. Because it's a comical name. He actually chose to try and blend in and be inconspicuous. But he hadn't done the proper research. And he needed a fake name because Ford Prefect isn't a human, but an alien (gasps) going undercover. That's fun. So it's Ford. So it's like calling yourself Toyota Corolla. <laughs> that would have been smarter. That's for my dream name. Honestly, I love a Corolla. If Toyota's listening and they wanted <laughs> to give me a Corolla, I'll take it. That's your dream car. Lo- I love a Toyota Corolla. I love it. I, I love it. I, love I hired one in New Zealand. Just like, uh, just you know, you'd say I'll have any kind of mid-size hire car, please, and they gave us a Corolla, and I was like, my God, what a dream. My God, I love it. Done it. Some people are like, when I make it, I'm going to buy a big fancy jet Porsche. I'm like, nah, give me a Corolla and I'm happy. Yeah, right. I, I was thinking that my dream car is the old school um, James Bond Goldfinger version of the Aston Martin. Yeah. And I thought that actually is quite a good name. Aston, Aston Martin. Martin. Mm. You would say, people wouldn't be like, is this a joke? You'd be like, oh, that's a name. Yeah. That's true. There it is. You'd, go, you'd get people that's time around, huh? Like the car. You'd go, what are you talking about? <laughs> but it's more believable as a name than Toyota Corolla. I'll be honest. Or Ford Prefect. <laughs> Ford, Ford Prefect. Prefect. So that's our character. Ford's rocked up on the scene, seen Arthur lying in front of this bulldozer. Uh, Ford Prefect, apart from his name, he'd blended in pretty well. He's a close friend of Arthur Dent, but Arthur has no idea that he's not from Earth, but rather from a planet near the star Betelgeuse, or mm-hmm. Betelgeuse, which is actually a real star. I think it's the 10th or the 11th brightest star in our sky. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So it's close, but very far away. Right. 
Uh, he'd come to Earth, this is Ford Prefect, to research the planet for a book that he's a contributor to called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. If you say better juice three times, it appears. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a scientist. Yeah. So amateur, but uh, you get the point. Oh, I get it. So he's, he's supposed to be researching Earth for the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He only planned to stay for a little while, but in fact had gotten stuck <laughs> for 15 years and counting. Oh, no. So Ford Prefect rocks in up. In England? Yeah. Ooh. Sorry, mate. In the West Country, apparently. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah, green. It would beautiful. be so nice. It would be so lovely. The discons right out there in Devon. Cream first, then jam. I mean... Get out of here. I mean, their neighbours also in the West Country, Corn will do it the opposite of that, but still. Thank goodness. Get get to Devon, not full West. Keep going West, mate. Is that even the West Country? Is that South Country? doesn't matter. (laughs) Let's talk geography. Why am I going down that path? (laughs) (laughs) I just said before, Dave, I don't want to get you in trouble. (laughs) We keep going west. You eventually hit America. So uh, how far is it? It is so. Yeah, southwest is Cornwall, and then Devon borders that to the east. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's is that West Country? And it is good west that you said. Wales. I'll stop <laughs> talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the west well, I said it. I didn't mean it. <laughs> All right, we've got. Uh, yes, usually encompasses the historic counties of Cornwall, Devon, Dorset, and Somerset. 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 Love it. So there we go. Well done, Matt. Convoy Norvester. <laughs> <laughs> so Ford Prefect rocks up. His mate's on the ground. He actually finds Arthur in front of the bulldozer and manages to convince him to come to the pub because he's got to tell him the most important thing he's ever heard. Arthur relents, leaving his house behind, and Ford tells him some news. That is that he's an alien from near Betelgeuse and that the Earth is about to be destroyed. Oh, no. Whoa. That's where we live. Oh, no. my God. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, that's bad for the people of Earth. <gasps> oh, that's <laughs> us. Oh, no. Uh, it's being bulldozed by a species of aliens called Vogons to make way for a hyperspatial expressway. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like Arthur's life all over yes. again. So you wake up, your house is being bulldozed. Don't worry about your house, mate. Your planet's being bulldozed. <laughs> Also for a bypass. Oh, my God. Bit of fun. <laughs> uh, Ford knows this because he has a sub-ether sensomatic, a device that senses when ships are coming that he uses to uh, hope that he can get a lift back from Earth. So he's constantly scanning the skies to get away from planet Earth and he's found out, oh, no, the Vogons are coming and they're not coming to pick me up. They're coming to bulldoze this planet. Do you think after 15 years you'd, you'd quite like living on Earth? God, he's a bit, bit ungrateful, isn't he? <laughs> oh, get me out of here for 15 years. <laughs> I mean, I've got no idea. He's, he could live to be 600 million years oh, old. True, I've got yeah. no idea. Yeah. He also might come from some sort of paradise planet. Yeah. Where everything's made out of uh, uh, coffee beans. Yum. <laughs> you can't think of anything nice anymore. <laughs> no. What's something nice? I'm like, I'm looking, I'm scanning the room. <laughs> I saw a coffee cup. <laughs> coffee cups. I mean that, yeah. If I had no imagination, I would have said made out of coffee cups. But luckily the creative... I extrapolated. The, the, the old little grey cells kicked in and I came up with beans. Thank goodness. Improv level three, was it? <laughs> well, I, pa- I passed two levels. I'm eligible to go into level three. You were accepted. Yeah, I was accepted in a three. I said, I'm good. Thanks. I like to defer my placement. Honestly, I, I, I would 
I've struggled to have enjoyed a single minute of my two <laughs> levels. So it was wild that I went did it that long. <laughs> it wasn't for me, shall we say. <laughs> so Ford's got this uh, sub-ether sensomatic. He also has in his bag a device that looked like a calculator, but really is the one million page Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a digital book that fits into a plastic cover with the words, Don't Panic, written on the front. That's good. A million pages. Mm-hmm. You need to do some editing. But nice round number. That's true. Thank you. Yeah, you like that. That's good. Maybe that. Maybe they got to like, what? Oh, maybe like three hundred thousand. Went. Well, we've got to round this up to the nearest million. <laughs> <laughs> so keep writing. I guess I don't know. One whole pa- one whole chapter is blah 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 blah. Just a feel time. Ends every page with hey 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 hey. <laughs> 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 and then in brackets, it's an alien thing. <laughs> I have to explain it every time. It's an alien thing, okay? So, this isn't weird. So, if you tease it, it's racist. Yeah, so, <laughs> check yourself. Uh, the other item he has in his bag is a towel, which is, as the guide says, quote, just about the most massively useful thing an interstellar hitchhiker can have. A towel. Because of the multiple uses of a towel. Okay, let's think of some. Towel. <laughs> Do you think one of the uses is towel? Yeah. <laughs> to towel off. To towel. Oh, to towel yourself. What about a pillow? Pillow. Blanket. Blanket. Skirt. You can sit on it. Mm. Yeah, you can put it on you as clothing. You can wrap your hair in it. Yeah, that's good. Um, can make a flag out of it. Can make a flag, yeah. If it's white, you know, you can like you can surrender. <laughs> yeah. You could dry your dishes. That falls under towel. If it's black, you could become a pirate. Yep. Ah. Okay, I get it. There's yeah, lots I of mean, uses. There's so many uses. You can sit on a leather seat in a car because yes. they get a bit hot in summer, don't they? Oh, man, you just made me feel so nostalgic yeah. briefly. Your legs For stick to them. And yeah. being allowed out. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the beach. Oh. So a my family car growing up was, the seven, it was from 78. So it was like a real old school... With those big chunky metal buckles, oh, and the and it was black, thick black plastic around it. So that's sitting in the summer while you're at the beach, and you get back in. Oh man, oh. yeah, you brand yourself. <laughs> yeah, the still burns got, still got the scars. Yeah, <laughs> the towel because of this has become a big symbol and a thing for Douglas Adams fans. So when when they go to events, they'll bring a towel because you always got to bring a towel. Oh my god, oh. that's very cute. Okay, I wasn't sure which way you're going to go on that. <laughs> Me either, and then I remembered the big fans would be listening, yeah. so I said, Cute. "Cute." Okay, so Arthur's house gets bulldozed while he's at the pub, and he's furious. He's running back to the pub after his mates just told him the world's going to end. But he's yep. like, "You're off your rocker." Yeah. That's quickly the least of his worries, though, because the Vogons do rock up in their spaceship and tell the Earthlings via a PA system to prepare to be bulldozed for the expressway. And when people protest, the aliens announce, quote, there's no point in acting all surprised about it. All the planning and demolition (laughs) orders have been on display in your uh, your local planning department in Alpha Centauri for 50 of your Earth years. (laughs) Bit of fun. Uh, The joke there being they use the similar tactic to the council knocking down Arthur's house I've written here. Yeah. Just in case you didn't get that. It is good to explain other people's jokes. I also, I think it's good that Dave respects us. Yes. (laughs) They won't get this. Better write it down. And then, with a terrible, ghastly noise, the Earth and everyone on it is instantly destroyed. Oh, no. Okay, so end of book, I guess. Uh, Not the end of the book, but despite being a comedy sci-fi, and the first comedy book I've done, this book has the biggest death count of anyone I've ever done instantly. Yeah, Yeah, good point. And we're only in chapter three. Yeah, everyone's dead. 
We're all gone. So all all humans are now dead. All humans, all animals. animals. Oh, not the bugs. Wombats. Not the rats. Did you say wombats? Wombats. I love I rats. Thankfully, the wombats. The wombats. I love a wombat. Favorite Australian animal? Wombat. wombat yeah. Or oh, kookaburra. Yeah, oh, kookaburra is my favorite Australian bird. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Unless wombat. you count the oh, penguins. Oh, kangaroos. Okay. All right. Big question is favorite Australian monotreme. Oh, platypus, platypus probably. But yeah. the echidna's great. For me, it's echidna. Yeah. Monotreme, of course, being a mammal that lays eggs. Echidnas are very cute and very spiky. They're too, monotremes have a 100% hit rate of, of good quality yeah. animals. Yeah. And weird looking. Like they yeah. shouldn't. But in the best way. Definitely, yes. They, may, yeah, they pull it off. We've got some good animals. We do. Like you think about like little bilbies or like. Oh, yeah. Little Numbat. rock wallabies or something. Any of the so little cool. marsupials. So cute. Do- adorable. Mm. So cute. Well, I'm afraid. Uh-oh. They're gone. No. <laughs> all monotremes, all mammals. All the kookaburras? <clears throat> all of them. No. Surely some of them could have been flying off out into beyond Space. Earth's orbit. <laughs> into the sun? Yeah. Yeah. They'll be right. Where they're safe. <laughs> well, let's forget about Earth for now because it no longer exists because oh. then we meet on the other side of the galaxy... Zaphod Beeblebrox. Yes. Or should I say President of the Galaxy, Zaphod Beeblebrox to you. How many people do you think have named their children Zaphod? It's a great name. Good name for a dog. Zaphod. Zaph. No. Beeblebrox. Beeble's not a bad name for a dog. Beeble. Uh, So Zaphod is a two-headed, three-armed being. This is the one you're thinking of, Matt. Right. Speeding across the seas of Damagran. He's there with Trillian, a woman who we'll meet properly later. Well, the two of them are there to collect a secret spacecraft called the Heart of Gold, built by the Imperial Galactic Government. Zaphod, a very famous man known across the galaxy and whom was elected to the largely ceremonial role of the President of the Galaxy. I like that you've, you've added in the fact that the President of the Galaxy is famous in the galaxy. Oh, so what I'm trying to say there is he was famous beforehand. Oh, he was famous before it was cool. Gotcha. And, so uh, he and he's basically been elected because he's famous in the uh, fact that there's real people behind the scenes and he's just a puppet. So they've right. put forth huh. a celebrity to What's be the president. What's mirroring at the time? Was there an English celebrity ruler? Or Ronald Reagan, I guess, was a celebrity in the 80s who was in the top office. That's very true. Hmm. And well, he also had... Two heads. <gasps> First head, the head of state. <laughs> Second one, just normal head head. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like uh, been put put up as the the face of the puppet masters behind the scenes. Well, their puppet gets out of his cruiser and inspects the newly built heart of gold, and then does the unexpected. He steals it. <gasps> the president does. Yeah, the president. Is, is that weird? Yeah, it's very unexpected. Is the president Simon Pegg? No. He's someone else in the film. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm sure>. <laughs> I haven't seen him. <laughs> you don't have any answers. <laughs> <laughs> to my obscure questions. The answer's 42. Spoilers. I don't know what that means. But <laughs> well, don't worry. I'll explain that. Meanwhile, or attempt to. Meanwhile, back <laughs> at where the Earth once stood, there's a whole lot of nothing. Mm. The Vogon ship cruises away from the site of their destruction. But on board... A Ford Prefect and the last human in existence, Arthur Dent. Oh, my God, Arthur. They made it out. Ford was able to hitch a lift after the Vogon's cooks took pity on him. Uh. I'm guessing Arthur Dent is probably Simon Pegg. 
if Simon Pegg was in fact in that film. Martin Freeman. I believe it was Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman, fuck. He <laughs> was also from King of the Mountain film series. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, Arthur Dent, now cruising away from his destroyed planet, is very, very confused. So Ford gives him a little book to explain a few things. The Million Page Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, take your time. Have a read. Have a, have a squeeze through there. That Arthur Dent uses to look up the Vogons whom he discovers aren't very nice and under no circumstances should they be allowed to read their poetry. <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit of fun. Bit of fun. Arthur is also disappointed when he looks up the earth in the book and finds the only thing written about it is one word. Harmless. Well, I'd be happy with that. Well, Ford reassures him and says, in his 15 years of research, don't worry, I've updated the entry. It now says, mostly harmless. <laughs> <laughs> 15 years of research. It's very well, funny. I think it's all right. Uh, Ford then pushes a small babel fish into Arthur's ear that instantly translates alien languages for him. Oh, that's handy. So there's a lot of you know cool sci-fi stuff going on. That here. is handy. Uh, so they're alive for now <gasps> because the Vogons get wind of the two stowaways or hitchhikers, which they don't take too kindly to, and they decide to throw them off. Aww. Ford and Arthur try to talk their guard, who's carrying carrying them away out of their demise and nearly do so by complimenting his terrible poetry. <laughs> but their captor decides to throw them in the airlock and then jettison them into the depths of space and certain death. It's explained that most people can hold their breath for about 30 seconds, but after that they have no chance. And you'll never believe it, but against all odds, and we're told how unlikely it is, this is how unlikely it is that a ship picks you up in those 30 seconds. It is 2 to the power of 276,000, 709 against one. But by a total staggering coincidence, that is also the telephone number of an Islington flat <laughs> where Arthur once went to a very good party and met a very nice girl whom he totally failed to get off with. <laughs> she went off with a gate crasher. <laughs> so that's, it's very unlikely. Uh, 29 seconds later, Arthur and Ford were rescued. Oh, my God. Yes. With one second to spare. Amazing. Thank goodness. It'd be pretty sick being out, floating out in space for your last 30 seconds anyway. Wouldn't you die instantly? Yeah, you'd think so. I really don't think you can hold your breath out there. I thought your head explodes or something. Or is that The Simpsons? Well, they d- I've heard that too. They do say your head explodes. I'm oh, sure some sort of... That wouldn't be the best way to spend your last 30 seconds. <laughs> With your head exploding. Yeah. But what a view. <laughs> Gorgeous. Well, the Earth's just gone. I suppose there's not much left. Oh, yeah. It's just some stars, I guess. So they're rescued and you'll never guess by who. Another, 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 another. Oh, oh. this is a fun character. <laughs> Honestly, it could be a character. Yeah, absolutely could. None other than Zaphod Beeblebrox and the Heart of Gold, the ship that he just stole. Ah. Uh, but it doesn't look like a ship inside. It looks like many different locations that keep changing, and so does the appearance of the two rescued guys themselves. And you're like, what's happening? They're travelling through some sort of crazy thing. Well, Ford explains to Arthur that they're on a ship with the infinite improbability drive. The drive makes it possible to, t- to traverse interstellar space almost instantly. But the side effect is stuff like Ford briefly turning into a penguin. Sure. Oh, that's cool. So just like, you know, they're travelling so quick that they're travelling through time and space yeah. itself. Penguins, great birds. My, my number one bird. I love how they slide on their tummies. Yeah, that's great. It's so cute. Favourite penguin 
breed though. It's hard oh, to narrow it down. Fairy. For they're so go. cute and little. What about what's the an emperor? They're gorgeous. Emperor is the yeah. They're the that's big the poster boy. Yeah, they're the one with that little bit of yellow on the neck. Yeah. What's the one with the mohawk? Oh yeah, they're a bit of fun. Uh, flibbity gibbets. Yeah, I think it's flibbity gibbets. If I remember correctly, and I think Matt does too. I love that because it's got a little bit of a tuft going on. Yeah, and they're real. Um, yeah, stubby. Yeah, a little and stubby. Yeah. It's a macaroni penguin. No, oh, it's not. Never would have known that. Macaroni. Macaroni. Yeah, if you've uh, you want to take nothing away from this episode apart from that, <laughs> macaroni penguin, the one with the mohawk. Okay. It's just so good. I reckon kookaburras are sort of like the penguins of the kingfisher world. Okay. All right, I'll give that to you. Thank you. <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Bird Book. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like I don't like birds in general, but chunky ones I'm into. Oh, the chunkier the better. Yeah, same with animals actually. That's why I like wombats and bison and yeah, right. cows in general. I like all of those sort of uh, big beef, thick necked animals. What about um, like the biggest of it, like the blue whale? Is that big? Oh, it's bigger all, than the others. Yeah, that is all neck, I guess. Yeah. Well. <laughs> is it? No, it's all head. <laughs> it's a head with a tail. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. Biggest animal to ever exist. Do you know that? Blue whale, yeah. That's blew my mind. I learnt that in the last year sometime. That absolutely blew my brain. Fairly sure the uh, the heart is the size of a Toyota Corolla, Jess. Ah, uh, oh, my so. dream car. And the po- Ben Russell told me this. He's probably been a guest on the show before, has he? He has, that's right. Uh, we talked about Picnic at Hanging Rock. He uh, he told me that they evolved. So they they were an animal that came from the sea onto land. And they were sort of almost like a dogish kind of animal, and then went back into the sea and evolved into whales. No, isn't that wild? That's was, crazy. Was he saying all that whilst doing an impression of David Attenborough? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Arguing with uh, Louis Theroux <laughs> and Michael Caine. <laughs> so things are a bit weird. They turned into a penguin and all that kind of stuff, but they slowly get back to normal. Zaphod, captain of the ship, sends his depressive robot Marvin. To escort the hitchhikers to the bridge. Marvin, who is referred to as a paranoid android, which is where Radiohead's song ah. gets its title from. Is it and Heart of Gold is a Neil Young song. Yeah. But that would this would be after that, I guess. It is after, yeah. Paranoid Android is very good. Yeah, it's great. I didn't realise uh, I I thought they um coined that term. Mm. Cool. No, they t- took it from here. Uh, Marvin is an ultra aware He's actually not an android He's just a robot But he's an ultra smart But ultra self aware robot Who hates being given Such menial tasks And because of this Is very depressed And complains about it a lot <laughs> He's like He's moping He's a robot that mopes around It's very funny Is he So, so he's a whiny robot It's sort of a, a bit like ugh. C-3PO kind of thing Yes but like even Just like C-3PO But like More downtrodden down like, A bit like Eeyore Right. Yeah. That kind of like, oh my God. Woe is me. Yeah, woe is me. That's this is the worst. such a good analogy. Like Eeyore, yeah. yeah. Well, you're like, fucking hell, Eeyore. Lighten yeah, up, it's like, Jesus. <laughs> He's like, my, I've got the IQ of like 50,000 humans. Yeah. And, like, and you're asking me to get I've coffee. I've got to go, oh my God. Yeah. That, and that's Eeyore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super smart yeah. ass. That's why he's so sad. He's just <laughs> that's a smart, sma- a smart that ass. That is a smart <laughs> ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marvin in the film, played by Alan Rickman. Oh, yes. Oh, that's good stuff. And this is what I was looking up because I was pretty sure Sam Rockwell was in this, and he is. He is the president of the galaxy. Right. He, oh. he's, is that the one with the double neck? No. Double yes. head. Yeah. 
Two heads. Zaphod. Zaphod? He's got a face Zaphod. coming out of his... Yeah, I can't yeah. remember where, but somewhere in the neck area. Yeah. Maybe back of his head even. Doesn't matter. Sorry, fans. <laughs> so the stowaways are brought to the bridge to see Sam Rockwell, aka Zaphod, and his female companion, Trillian, who I mentioned before. It turns out Ford Prefect not only knows Zaphod, but he's bloody related to him and they grew up together. Ah. What like a small Zaphod. They're like, I think they're cousins. And when Ford introduces the human Arthur Dent to the very famous Zaphod Beeblebrox, the one that everyone in the galaxy knows, except for humans, they've got no idea about any aliens, Arthur replies, oh yeah, we've met. <laughs> what? And Ford, he thinks he's being funny. He's like, of course you haven't met Zaphod Beeblebrox. How have you met this famous alien? Where would you have met him? But then it turns out he has at a party in Islington. <gasps> no. Uh, Arthur Dent was chatting up a lady at a party when a guy calling himself Phil interrupted and said to the lady, you should come with me. I'm an alien. And the lady named Trisha McMillian left and he never saw her again. <laughs> oh, does he only date women whose names rhyme with Illion? Well, that is until now he hasn't seen Trisha McMillian because there is Trisha, also on the ship, now going by the name of Trillian. Trillian. <laughs> so there are actually two humans left in the universe. <gasps> oh, so Trillian pair. is a human. Yeah, so she's like a scientist and astro ah. astrophysicist type. And she was like, yeah, okay, I'll travel the galaxy. What better way to see the universe than to be traveling through it? <laughs> So she's joined Zaphod. Cool. So that's our little crew for the, for the story. We've got Arthur Dent, Ford Prefect, Marvin the Depressed Robot, Trillian, and Zaphod Beeblebrox. Great. Great team. Great squad. A real ragtag band. Mm. They really are. Are they going to do a, a casino heist? <laughs> <laughs> hey, book cheaters. Just Dave here dropping in to tell you that this week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Now, it says here I'm supposed to talk about a time I searched for something online that I wouldn't want others knowing about. But then, I don't want you knowing about it either. I'm not going to fall for that. I certainly am not going to tell you that yesterday I googled short celebrities to see who I was taller than and was pissed off to find that Robert Downey Jr. was on the list despite being four centimetres taller than I am. He's not short at all. Zac Efron, not that short. Lady Gaga, now we're talking. But anyway... If you're looking up stuff that you don't want anyone else to know about, you're probably thinking, Dave, just chuck it in incognito mode. You'll be fine. Well, let me tell you something, team. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider, your ISP, can still see every single website you've ever visited. Oh, man. And that's why whenever I'm at home looking up short celebrities, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter if you get internet from Verizon, Comcast, Telstra, Optus. Your ISP knows what you're looking at. And ISPs in the US can legally sell your information to ad companies. So that's why I suggest you use ExpressVPN, which is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so those ISPs can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN keeps your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. I have it on auto, so I open up my Google Chrome. It's firing up in the background. Use it on your phone, computer, even your smart TV today. And if you want to protect your online activity today, with a VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired, highly acclaimed, visit my exclusive link at expressvpn.com bookcheat, and you can get an extra three months for free on a one-year package. All you got to do is go to express, E-X-P-R-E-S-S, VPN.com slash bookcheat. 
expressvpn.com slash bookcheat to learn more. Now back to the show and my list of short celebrities. Man, Kanye West is here. He's three centimetres taller than I am. He ain't short. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So now we have our group of five. It's explained to the newest members of the ship that they're on their way to the legendary planet Margrathia, or Magrathia, which, as legend goes, was a planet that built other planets for the ultra-wealthy. Oh. But it was so successful that it ruined the universe's economy, and then because no one had money to spy planets anymore, the planet Margrathia itself collapsed into a depression and was lost five million years ago. Oh. It was lost. Wow. But most people, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy tells us, that's another thing. So the guide constantly throughout the book is reading out entries about different alien species and universes and little things, which is quite cool. But the guide tells us in this section that it's believed by most people that the planet is just a fairy story. Right. It's a myth. No one really believes that this planet ever existed. It's not real. But Zaphod Beeblebrox explains to his new crew members that he's found it and that he's stolen the ship just to get to this planet. And once there, they are greeted not with open arms, but with the planet's automatic defense system. (laughs) Nuclear tracking missiles. (laughs) And these missiles very, very nearly destroy them. And again, all looks lost. And no one knows what to do until the last possible second, Arthur, the human, the newcomer to space travel, he decides to press a button and engage the ship's infinite improbability drive, which saves them again by against all odds, turning the missiles into a sperm whale and a bowl of petunias. Oh, that's nice. Sperm whale. Good whale. Great whale. Big head full of oil. Yeah. Or something. Oh, yeah. We talked about that on the Do Go On episode. Yeah, about the real... Uh, the real life dick. Moby Dick. That's right, the Moby Essex. Dick. White Dick. <laughs> I've merged two things there. The real white, white dick. whale. <laughs> Moby Dick. <laughs> oh, no. So this improbability drive thing, basically, you click it and one of the most improbable things in the universe happens, and it turns out to be in this case, that a missile turns into a a sperm whale. Yeah. So the crew is safe. Sadly, the sperm whale, not so much. It crashes to the planet and uh, is another figure on our already large death count. Oh, no. Sorry, sperm whale. (laughs) Sorry about that. But what about the bowl of petunias? Also... Dead. No. Add it to the list. Amazing. Oh, I didn't think of that. Plants. Yeah, They'd plants also all, all be gone. All gone. But now there's this machine that can... I mean, whales are extinct and it created a whale. What are the odds that uh, that alien spaceship would have turned two things into Earth things? Wow. This little harmless planet. That That's right. It's anymore. so unlikely that it happened. Yeah, one of those things being a, a thing Earth yeah. people were familiar with, let alone two. That's a crazy coincidence. <gasps> and this probability drive is full of those crazy coincidences. <laughs> uh, the other thing that happens in this scene is the, in the madness is uh, Trillian's pet mice that she brought with her, Benji and Frankie, escape from their cage. Benjamin oh, Franklin. No. 
Now we've got mice on the loose. I know. We've lost Benji and Frankie. So now they've avoided the nuclear missiles, the uh, the team arrive on Margrethia, the plan being to try and find the planet's vast treasures. They're like, this was once the richest planet in the world. They must have some treasures somewhere. I mean, he's the president of the galaxy. Why is he going treasure hunting? Surely, like, he can have anything he wants anyway, right? Yeah, but I think money and power. He's just bored. Yeah. Yeah, fair. I'd go treasure hunting if I was that bored. <laughs> oh, I'm bored. I didn't realise it was bored. I'm yes, far I'd too go busy. Treasure <laughs> if I was bored. <laughs> so they get out on the planet and it looks a bit shit on the surface, <laughs> but uh, they, they hope to find something more. Uh, this is when we split the party. Oh, no. Oh, never split the party. Never split <laughs> the party. <laughs> Zaphod, Trillian, and Ford Prefect explore the planet's tunnels that they find, hoping that they'll be able to find some treasure down below and leave Marvin the paranoid android and Arthur Dent the human to guard the entrance. Okay. Arthur tries to chat to Marvin, but he's so depressing, Arthur decides to leave the post and goes for a walk Mm. where he runs into a very, very (laughs) old man. Oh, human man? No, alien. Obviously. Yeah, an alien (laughs) man. Uh, This man is very friendly, but tells Arthur that his name isn't important. (gasps) Oh, nah, don't like that. Tell me your name, old man. If it's not important, just say it. Well, Move on. The old man explains that his people, the Margrathians, aren't dead. They're just sleeping until the economy recovers enough for them to start selling their services again and start building custom planets again. So they've been in suspended animation for five million years. Hmm. They get into a car-like vehicle, and this is when the man reveals his name is Slarty Bartfast. That's fine. You know what? If that was my name, I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> reveal it too soon either. Well, Arthur asks him again to repeat it because he's sorry. What was it? And the man says, "I told you, it isn't important." Slarty <laughs> Bartfast. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> Which uh, my parents used to use that name quite a bit, calling <laughs> calling things. <laughs> and now I get it. So, <laughs> mum, dad, very funny stuff. <laughs> Thought it was one of yours, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Right. Pretty disappointing to find out uh, you ripped it off. Yeah, a bit disappointed that when the dog did a fart, you'd call him Slutty Bartfast and claim it as one of yours. But uh, <laughs> uh, this man, Slutty Bartfast, goes on to reveal a lot about the history of Earth to Arthur. I mean, he should know a lot about it. Slutty Bartfast built Earth. Oh! <laughs> he's our god. Well, he's one of the people that built it. Okay. He's uh, specifically, he won awards for designing the fjords of Norway. Oh, yeah. And look, well done. I <laughs> know, oh, they're beautiful. Gorgeous. Not those Norwegian fjords. Fantastic. Oh, I love them. Slidey Bartfast reveals they've come out of their long million year sleep to build a sequel, Earth 2. <gasps> Back in the habit. <laughs> this time it's personal. <laughs> it would be if they blew us all up. Yeah. Secret of the ooze. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Slutty Bartfast explains that humans thought they were the smartest animals on the planet, but really, the smartest weren't them at all. It was mice. (gasps) Get out of town. They only pretended to be stupid and engage in little science experiments. Amazingly, it was humans that the mice were running the experiments on. (laughs) The perfect cover. Love that. That's fun. Uh, They'd ordered the Earth be built 10 million years ago, and sadly, due to an error, it had been demolished just five minutes short of its purpose. Oh, you're kidding. They just needed five more minutes. Five more minutes. You, you'll never believe it. This yeah. book would have been so fun to write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Arthur is very confused still and slightly Bartfast explained. You see, millions of years ago, a species of hyper-intelligent beings wanted to find out the meaning of life. 
mostly because they wanted to get on with their favourite hobby, Brockian Ultra Cricket. A curious game which involves suddenly hitting people for no readily apparent reason and running away. Love that. That sounds fun. So they built a giant supercomputer named Deep Thought to solve the question of life, the universe and everything. The computer told them two things once it was built. Yes, it could calculate the answer to that big question, but it would take seven and a half million years to calculate. The other thing he said was, or the computer says, that one day they will ask this computer to build an even better computer. Oh. So that's the two things. So these people, they accepted that. They patiently waited for thousands and thousands of generations. And then exactly seven and a half million years later, the uh, relatives of these people asked the computer if it had an answer to the question of life, the universe and everything. The computer confirmed, yes, it had, but they would not like the answer. (laughs) They were like, go on, tell us. Come on, we've waited a while. The answer was 42, Mm. which is why this episode is 42. Gotcha. Meaning of life. And then they ask, well, what does that mean? What's what's the exact question that the answer is 42? And Deep Thought says, well, a new, a new or more powerful computer would have to be built to calculate the exact question that the answer is 42. <laughs> so Deep Thought says, it will be a giant computer the size of a planet. And it will be so complex that the organic life will be part of its hardware. And it will take 10 million years <laughs> to figure out the question. <laughs> the computer named its successor as... Earth, which they thought was a pretty dull name. (laughs) So Earth was just a supercomputer used to calculate the question, life, the universe and everything, that results in 42. But sadly, the Earth was demolished just five minutes short of having the question calculated. Oops. So now they want to build Earth 2.0 and wait another 10 million years. years. (laughs) How infuriating. I know. Meanwhile, our other three heroes, remember we split the party, Zaphod, Ford and Trillian... They are exploring these tunnels. Suddenly, they are gassed. <gasps> they awake to be told, the mice will see you now. <laughs> <laughs> what I love. <laughs> Arthur is also taken by uh, our man, Slutty Bartfast, to meet the host mice, who turn out to be Benji and Frankie. I knew it. The mice that Trillian brought from Earth. Jeez, I was lucky. I know. Well, I mean, it seems lucky, but they would have it would have been their plan all along. Yeah. yeah. God, they were smart, smart enough to get out. It turns out that, remember, mice were running the show on Earth and it was them that were running the 10 million year calculation. They tell these are the mice that Slarty Bart Fuss, we no longer need Earth 2.0 as we have all we need right here. Arthur Dent. Oh my God. He was on the planet as it was being destroyed. So surely if they just kill this man, harvest and chop up his brain, <laughs> they'll have all they need. <laughs> Aww. And they're like, so just hand him over. <laughs> two mice That's where the answers are It's in the, the meat of his brain yeah, cut open this, And they're like Absolutely not We refuse to give up Arthur So they're like Hand over Arthur But then all these alarms Start going off And our party Flee from the mice Leaving the mice To decide To just make up a question With the answer That's 42 First they're like What about 6 times 7 That's too obvious <laughs> They decide on How many roads Must a man walk down Hmm <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> Simpsons kind of ripped off that joke a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Seven? <laughs> it's a rhetorical question. <laughs> rhetorical, eh? <laughs> so our group are running back to the ship when they realise the whole reason the alarms are going off is uh, the ship itself, the Heart of Gold. The galactic police have shown up and they want to arrest Zaphod for stealing the ship in the first place. Killjoys. Well, they really are killjoys. They claim to be, we're peace-loving cops. 
We just love violence. They start shooting that at the group and have them pinned down with the machines uh, they're using as shelter melting around them. You said we're peace-loving cops. We just love violence. Yeah. So, <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like police here on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we love peace. Mm. It, was a, it was a comment then in the 80s and a comment now. So they're being shot at by these, uh, these cops just as all again seems lost. The shooting suddenly stops. Ford, Ford Prefect goes out to see what happened and the two cops are dead because their life support systems that allow them to breathe on the planet broke. Hmm. Which is super weird and unlikely because there's usually a backup computer on their ship and for the two to go out at the same time, these two breathing, breathing apparatuses. That's unheard of. Mm. So the group make it back to their ship, which has the police ship parked next to it. There's two ships sitting there now. The police ship also looks dead. It's all very weird. Our depressed, paranoid android robot Marvin, who was still waiting for them, is still there and they ask him, what the hell happened? And he says, simple. I got very bored and depressed, so I went and plugged myself into the ship's external computer feed. (laughs) I talked to the computer at great length and explained my view of the universe to it, said Marvin. What happened? Pressed forward. It committed suicide, said Marvin, <laughs> and walked, stalked off back to the heart of gold. <laughs> so the ship killed itself because Marvin was so boring and that, t- that took out the cops inside and saved the gang from a certain death. <laughs> it's very he talked it to death. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, the book ends with the group back on board the Heart of Gold, whizzing through space, and Arthur, our human, flicking through the Hitchhiker's Guide. The final lines of the novel are, He got no further before the ship's intercom system buzzed into life. Hey, Earthman, you hungry kid? said Zaphod's voice. Well, yes, a little peckish, I suppose, said Arthur. Okay, baby, hold tight, said Zaphod. <laughs> we'll take in a quick bite at the restaurant at the end of the universe. Oh. End book. Love that. Wow, okay. So it's sort of like a one of those books where nothing really happens. Lots of stuff happens and, and then it's over and you're like, wait. Yeah, hang on. It feels like we were building to a story. Well, even at the start of the version I read, which has a, a big note from Douglas Adams explaining, hey, I contradict myself a lot. <laughs> Sorry about right. that. Uh, he writes that when writing the novel, because remember he'd had the successful radio series yeah. and he'd got the book deal, he'd passed through so many deadlines, which apparently he did throughout his, his whole life. <laughs> Sometimes I read that they would lock him in a hotel with a typewriter or a computer and say, all right, you're not allowed to leave until you finish the novel. <laughs> Please. Because it would just take him sometimes, you, you get writer's block. Right. But he'd missed so many deadlines that he just stopped wherever he was and just handed them the book and said, just publish that. So right. that's why it's just like, it's like an episodic thing. And when he wrote the radio series, apparently he didn't think what was going to happen. It would just be episode, episode. I, kn- I don't know what's going to happen next. They just do something. Right. And the next book uh, is actually called The Restaurant at the mm. End of the Universe. Uh-huh. And that continues on the story. So when I said before that it sounds like it would be a lot of fun to write these, this book, it probably wasn't. I think initially it was. Yeah. But and then, then the pressure built. You get the pressure, yeah. It sounds like the the, the note at the start saying, saying I, I know there's a lot of contradictions. That shows how much he fears his own fans. Yeah, that's true. Like, I know it's sort of like, yeah, when you sort of preemptively say, don't at me about this. <laughs> yeah, he, and he even said uh, at the start of the book, look, I contradict myself. And every time I try and explain it, I contradict myself even more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all part of the fun. That's part of the point. Yeah, right? That's what you should say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a comment. That's a yeah, comment on I know. confusingness of life. I'm doing it on purpose. God, Don't good. you get it? 
Do you, well, do you get it? What do you think? What do you think of the oh, story? Oh, it was very enjoyable. I don't know why I was thinking that... I, I Yeah, I, I guess I don't know what I was expecting to happen, but it was just like a near... A near miss and they got away. Yeah. But that was it was a lot of fun. It's reminded me that I should read it now that I have <laughs> such a sophisticated Oh yes. Your palate has changed. Oh my god. Can you guys think of anyone with a more sophisticated sense of humor than mm. I? No. I mean, just the other day we were about to call our accountant. I made fart noises while <laughs> the phone rang. You know, sophisticated. Yeah. I thought yeah, I thought that was a there was trouble on the line. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was our accountant. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh dear. Oh no. <laughs> this is a butt dial. <laughs> oh no. It's definitely a, it's a it's yeah, the journey. It's about the journey, not the destination. Totally. And yeah, there's yeah. all these and to be honest, I can't get the nuance of the the little side bits that are very funny. Like you'll just read from the the hitchhiker's guide itself will just tell you about some alien species that has nothing to do with the story, but yeah. it's like two paragraphs about a very, you know, it's very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The writing's very dry and very silly and, yes. and a lot of fun. Yes, yeah, super silly. Um, is uh, Arthur in his dressing gown the whole time? Does it mention that at all? No, it doesn't mention that because he went to the... Maybe... I am thinking of the film there, but I also vaguely remember reading it. But I'm, I'm, I mean, I read it as an early teen. Oh no, that does make sense because he was getting ready in the morning, yeah. And then before even getting dressed, he ran out and lay in front of the bulldozer. Yeah, I think in the movie, Martin Freeman is in a dressing gown the whole movie. That's very funny. Which is, from a costuming point of view, as an actor, you'd be like, "This is a dream gig." Thank you so much. Oh, anything where you just get to be in a robe? Yes, please. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that, to be honest, that would have made it even funnier in my mind if I'd picked up on that. Yeah. And I go back and read it and imagine <laughs> him in a dressing gown the whole time. Mm. Oh, Zoe Deschanel plays Trillian in the film. Yeah. Most deaf is Ford Prefect. Mm-hmm. Stephen Fry is the guide. Warwick Davis is Marvin. Uh, John Malkovich, Hummer Cavallo. Uh, Do not remember Bill that. Nye is... Slarty Bartfast. Bartfast. Oh, I love Bill Nye so much. Richard Griffiths is... Prostentic Vogontron or whatever. It has He's Alan like Cap- Rickman what and a- Warwick Davis's. <laughs> Bill Bailey plays the whale. Oh, that's good. What an all-star cast. Yeah. But no Simon Pegg. <laughs> <laughs> He's in every other sci-fi thing. Yeah. yeah. Star Trek, Star Wars. Paul. Um, uh, uh, Doctor Who he was in an episode. Mission Impossible. But he's one of the few people that's done the trilogy of like the three nerdiest things of all time. Shaun Star Trek, Star Wars and Doctor Who. He's done it all. Yeah. Uh, which for like a nerdy guy growing up, I think was is an absolute dream. Yeah. yeah what a life. Funny. He's had a... Well, what are the, so what are the three? You... Star Trek, Star Wars and Doctor Who. Right. He's done it all. Yeah, right. Oh, that's interesting. And uh, Run, Fat Boy Run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he's done them all. <laughs> he's done them all. <laughs> and uh, what's what was his... TV show called Blasted. Spaced. Spaced. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen it, but I've heard it's very good. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, so that does basically bring us to the end of the episode. Um, usually I get you guys to give it a score out of five. But today out of 42? Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> okay. That's great. Um, well, I have to give it the full 42. The full 42? That's good stuff. That's huge. Uh, if any book deserves a full 42, it's this one. And... Yeah, it sounded. It was a lot of fun. I, I imagine I would really enjoy reading it. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. To yeah. be honest, it's really great. It's just yeah. It made me want to write a book, which is probably they're they're the good books, right? You know, it's like uh, people who saw 
the clash, all, a lot of people form bands after. And they wanted to write a book. Yeah, they <laughs> wanted to write a book <laughs> about like London space calling. travel. Yes. When I see a really good stand-up special, I'm like, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Obviously, stand-up's not for me. I'm terrible at that. Wow. But I'll write a book. Um, I, or I'm going to go 40 out of 42. 40 out of 42. That's still massive. Round, a round number. Know. Yes. 42 makes me uncomfortable. Well, just to round it down to a non-round number. You I'm going to give it 41 out of 42. <laughs> okay. Split the difference. Yeah, yeah just love that. Was it the Clash or was the Ramones when they toured England? Whatever. There was some... One of the big punk bands and supposedly in the audience, nearly everyone in there formed a band that went <laughs> oh, on to right. success. That's a very Maybe the Clash were in that audience. Do you think we've inspired anybody to do a podcast? An entire audience with? I hope so. Yeah. Mm. Millions. What the world needs now is more pods. More pods. The world needs, needs now. It's pod. It's fun to do. <laughs> Look at her, we're singing. I'm talking over them. You could do this too. You could do. I reckon everyone should do a podcast, and I think nearly everyone already does. But I think everyone else should too. Yeah, if you do, if you don't already, get on it. Definitely recommend it. Mm. It means that I get to see Dave and Jess every week. Yeah, Ooh, bit of fun, whether they want to or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a forty-one out of forty-two. Which I would have given it a five out of five. Yeah. Because I think it's really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. I can see a lot of the influence that it had. Like I loved uh, growing up, I would watch a lot of Red Dwarf with my family. Yeah. Another sci-fi. Red Dwarf. Another sci-fi comedy. And it has similar things. Or even stuff like, you know, The Mighty Boosh. There's stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. 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 They probably liked him. Yeah. Dwarf the Red Johnson. (laughs) Um. In my head, I'm like, is this anything? And I said out loud, I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> I love now that I know. So much. <laughs> I'm not putting that into my novel. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. This is how we work. Thinking he might have been the main character, but no. Nah. I'm going to look at other options. Yeah, <laughs> It'll just idea. be a minor character. <laughs> so that does bring us to the end of the episode. I hope that I uh, did a, some justice to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And again, if you are a fan, I apologize because you probably <laughs> wanted me to. They went in knowing what was happening. I think that's fine. You did your bloody best. I thought you did a good job for what you can do. Just a human. <laughs> Thank you. You're yeah. just a human like um, the guy from the story. Simon Pegg. <laughs> <laughs> Simon Pegg's a great name. Maybe he'll be my uh, main character. Yeah, there we go. That'll pressure him into playing playing the, no, the title rec- character in the film version. Yes. The inevitable no, film adaptation. Simon Pegg should be played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> now oh, that's we're fun. talking, yeah. <laughs> I love how you picked an 80s book too, Dave, because I've just started an 80s podcast series yesterday, as oh. this comes out, uh, with my cousin Sam. It's on this podcast network, and it's called Listen Now. Season two is all about 80s rock albums, rock pop, you know, in that world. And we start with Huey Lewis and the News' sports. Wow. Uh, I imagine some music that Douglas Adams would have been listening to as he oh. wrote some of these books. Absolutely. Mm. And, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that uh, we're doing the top 20 as voted by the listeners. And that was number 20. Awesome. Counting them down week by week. Looking forward to getting through it. So, if people like the 80s. Maybe that's a podcast they could listen to. Yeah, I'll put a link in the description of this episode. I'll also link to our other podcast, Do Go On, Jess. What's that about? Um, it's where one of the three of us every week takes turns to write a report on any 
kind of topic, always suggested by a listener. We've done serial killers. We've done uh, Dolly Parton. We've done all sorts of things. We've done some bookish ones. Yep. The uh, J.K. Rowling. Yes. And the Harry Potter series. We've done film ones. We've done the Roald Dahl. Roald. Roald Dahl? Roald Dahl. We've done heaps. Roald. We've done uh, the (laughs) King of the Mountain Man. Yes. J.R. Tolkien. Oh, me, Peter Brock. <laughs> Which none of us remember doing. Um, <laughs> no, we all deny doing it. Still don't know who did that report. <laughs> it definitely wasn't me. I think it was me. I looked it up, but I don't remember it. Anyway, so yes, we've done lots of different uh, topics. So yeah, mainly if you pop, more pop, pop culture books, but um, yeah. Yeah. But, and also, all sorts. Of, what was last week's one about? Escape from something castle? Itter? No, it was the battle for Castle Itter. Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because we've done Escape from Colditz oh, Castle right, before. Yes. That's right. I love a castle story. Love Pretty it. much any kind of topic we've done it. Name a topic. Name a kind of topic. Sexy. I've just named Sexy. so many. <laughs> Sexy topic? Yeah. History uh, of pain. Oh, that's right. The history of the penis. Dolly Parton. Uh, we've also done... Uh, what other sexy topics have we done? Rolled Dahl. Rolled Dahl. I mean, what a name. Sure, that's it's a porno name. Uh, what turn into a porn name? Roald Dahl, the big friendly giant. Turn that into a porn name. It's <laughs> 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 a really tough one. All right, for people people who don't know, Dave's got a skill. This yeah. is his number one skill. He says he can turn anything into a porn parody title. So <laughs> let's see how he goes here. Uh, bold Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gave him Roll Dahl. <laughs> uh, but then the big friendly giant, I thought there'd be something there. Okay. <laughs> no, it should be a big bulge Dahl. Big bulge there we go. Dahl, yes. There we go. Oh, okay, thank goodness. You did it. <sighs> My God, I'm sweating. Sweating. <laughs> uh, but honestly, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I, I thought a lot of people wanted us to do, or wanted me to do Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I thought. Who better to do it than, than a couple my of nerds? Yeah. Well, that was the thing. I could have got people in that were very into Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but I thought it would be better if I told people that have never really read it. Yeah, good one. I'm, I'm glad you did. Um, now I want to read it. Yeah, and now I don't have to. So Yeah, perfect. But maybe I'll listen to it someday. I wonder if there's a version, an audio book that Simon Pegg reads. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Only time will tell <laughs> when you look it up after this. Okay, thank you so much for joining me. Until next week, is the Book Chook signing off. And as we always say here at Book Cheat, Books Forever! Hey, Book Cheaters. Dave here, the book chook, dropping in at the end of the episode to thank you, first of all, for listening to it in the first place. Thanks so much. Appreciate that. Maybe this is your first time listening to Book Cheat because you were brought over by the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, you can check out some of my older episodes and I uh, see if they take your fancy as well. Lots of guests I've had on over the years. Months now. Yeah, 18 months I suppose we've been going. More. Not that far off two years to be honest. Wow, time has well and truly flown. So yeah, thanks to everyone that has listened to the show and this might be your first time that I'm telling you that this show is supported by people on Patreon and that is over at patreon.com slash pod because uh, we started Do Go On, that's me, Matt and Jess who you just heard there, nearly five years ago now and um, because people supported us on Patreon there, we've been able to create some spin-off shows and Book Cheat is one of them. Honestly, the people on Patreon make this show possible every week. And uh, the way I like to thank them, 
a reward you get, as well as the three bonus episodes from Matt, Jess, and I a month. We uh, put out a, a bonus episode of Do Go On. We've got a new Patreon-only series on there called Phrasing the Bar, where we, of course, go through the films of everyone's favourite actor, Brendan Fraser. And uh, you can get those bonus episodes as well as join our Facebook group, get a newsletter, get discounts to our shows, all sorts of other prizes. Prizes. Rewards is what we usually say, but I like to think of them as prizes. One of you will one day win a new car. That's not true. That is. Legally, I have to tell you that is not true. But uh, if you support the show on Patreon, uh, you get to tell me your favourite book. And uh, on this show, Book Cheat, I get to read out your name as a thank you. And I'll read out your favourite book. So if you are the kind of person that loves to hear your own name on here and also wants to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash dogoonpod. And I've got six beautiful names standing by and six beautiful suggestions for their favourite books. And uh, here we go. This week, I would like to thank, first cab off the rank, is Ellie Durkin. Thank you, Ellie Durkin. Appreciate your support so much. Ellie's written in to say, My favourite book is Titus Grown by Mervyn Peake which is the first book in the Gorman Gast trilogy. How many in his trilogy? Three? <laughs> Amateur hour. Douglas Adams, five in the trilogy. No, sorry. Thanks, uh, Ellie. Back to your book. I've always loved reading, but went years without bothering until I started a job with a long commute two years ago. In that time, I've now read almost 90 books. I assume your commute is on a train or a tram or a bus. You're not driving and reading? Maybe you are. Uh, back to here. Although this includes the first two Gorman Gast books twice because I couldn't wait to read them again. I recommend giving it a go if you like your books dark and weird and have a spare couple of months. They're pretty long. Thanks, Ali. Appreciate that. 90 books in two years. That is, that's a real effort. Awesome stuff. I would also like to thank uh, Kylie Wiltshire Jones, or possibly you say Kylie Wiltshire Jones. It's written in to say, my favourite book is number 15 in the Babysitter's Club series called Little Miss Stonybrook and Dawn. Dawn is one of the 13-year-old babysitters. She helps some younger, talentless kids to enter a talent contest. One of them, however, does have a special talent for peeling bananas with her feet. There you go. Thank you so much, Kylie. Maybe I'll chuck that on the uh, book cheat list as well. I would like to thank uh, Santiago Lopez now, who's written in to say, I've recently gotten back into reading thanks to this podcast. Huh. Cheers, Santiago. It's, it's great to hear. Uh, it's exposed me to all kinds of ideas, styles of literature, etc. In particular, I'm a big comedy fan, and reading has allowed me to experience humour in new ways. That is why my favourite book is Catch-22. The balance between quick-witted humour and compelling emotional storytelling had me on the edge of my seat the entire time. Well, there you go. I've got to tell you, Santiago, that is very much up there on the more requested books on this show. So hopefully I will get to uh, Catch-22 one day. Appreciate your support as well. Beatrix Williams has written in, My favourite book is The Princess Bride. S. Morgenstern's classic tale of true love and high adventure. I love how it purposefully written to be appealing to all ages being a fun adventure story, but also deeply satirical and critical of literature and how it is viewed. If you're familiar with the movie, which I am, it is a very loyal adaptation of some aspects of the book, but there is a lot more to the novel. Often the way, and it is a fantastic film, so maybe it is also an even more fantastic book. Thanks so much, Beatrix. I would like to also thank uh, Gabrielle Geiger-Wolf. 
Okay, you're up there on the list of incredible names here, Gabrielle. Gabrielle Guggles written in to say, My favourite book is The Handmaid's Tale, because the world that Atwood creates is horrifying and captivating in a way I hadn't experienced before I read it. On top of that, her writing style allows you to read a different story every time you reread her book. And I love that. Wow, she is very, she's known for uh, pushing the form, and uh, that is excellent to hear. So thank you so much, Gabrielle Geiger-Wolf. And finally this week, I would like to thank Anastasia Saberchik. Anastasia Saberchik, who says, My favourite classic is Secret Garden. I reread it about every year. My first tattoo, which are all book-related, wow, you are a fan of books, that's great, uh, was a rose, thistle, and key as a reference to, quote, where you tend a rose, my lad, a thistle cannot grow, end quote, which is a quote from the book, Anastasia says. Fantastic, love that. wonder how many book tattoos you have, that's awesome. If anyone does have any uh, book tattoos that they'd like to share, I'd love for you to get in contact on Twitter and I can uh, retweet them. That would be really, really cool to see. So thanks to Anastasia, Gabrielle, Beatrix, Santiago, Kylie and Ellie for supporting the show on Patreon, which you too can do at, um, that sounded good, didn't it? Uh, Patreon.com slash pod. But that does bring us to the end of another episode of Book Cheat. Get in contact at any time uh, at BookCheatPod on all of the social medias and uh, BookCheatPod at gmail.com is where you can find me. You can also always suggest a book at any time. You don't have to be on Patreon. Anyone can do that at um, the link in the description of this episode. Click it there. You tell me why I should do the book and I may just do it. All right, let's get out of here. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really do appreciate it. We'll be back in another couple of weeks with another classic. But until then, I'll say thank you so much for listening and goodbye. And also, of course, books forever. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's up to you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 